to go down. Everybody in the place hit the fucking deck. But stay on your motherfucking toes. We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. Big biggity what at the door? Big biggity dog at the door. There we are. Okay. Well, here we here we are back in back in the saddle again. Doing it. Um, I thought last week's kind of going over things, the invention stuff was was a step in the right direction because I don't know. People talk about so many things that are obviously news articles or whatever else. So this is kind of kind of a departure, which I enjoyed. So. I actually have a bunch of really random, weird ideas. I'm stoked to hear them. Not necessarily concepts okay. uh, or inventions, just overall thoughts. Let's do it. Then maybe we can throw back and forth. Um, summer, summer inventions. All right, so let's see what we've got here. Actually, I'm going to start with one that, that is, is kind of an invention. Uh... I, inv- I invented it on uh, November 4th of 2016, and I called it Sensord. Okay. All right. Now, the idea behind this is... Now, you, you obviously have heard about Snapchat. Yes. Right? The whole idea of self-destructing photos or links or things that I can share with you that I know you're the last guy who's going to see it because it's going to self-destruct. That's a powerful thing. Right? That's a, a very sellable concept. Agreed. <clears throat> for privacy. Right. Um, above all security. Um, what have you. Now, one of the big problems and one of the things that Snapchat set out to solve was the idea that, okay, well, people are going to be sending dick pics. Like, that, you know? Right. Like, that's just and what... And you can screenshot that Snapchat as soon as it pops up. Exactly. Right. That's what people do. Mm-hmm. Okay, people are gonna do it no matter what, especially sure. those long distance relationship people who think it's possible. Um, so my concept with Sensord was we basically uh, create a- an application that allows you to you upload your photo, whatever it is, and you highlight the area that is sensitive. So for instance, if you're sending a, a DP, Mm-hmm. Right, you're gonna draw a little square around your D. Your, your D. Right. Okay, if you're uh, if you're sending some some booby shots or whatever, you're, you're gonna add a little square around right. your a little rectangle around your. Yeah, you're just yeah. kind of like you know this is like you were cropping the photo, but only you're just you're creating that mm-hmm. that deal that that space. You're identifying that space, and then you say, okay, cool, done. So it's uploaded, and then what happens is. It goes through our app and then it pops back out. Is the photo of you only instead of it showing your sensitive areas, it shows a barcode over your censored areas. Okay. Like a QR code. Right. So now you can send that photo to anybody that you want and it's totally fine. But that barcode is going to take you to a link if you scan the barcode. You can go and see the link, and uh, it takes you to a place. And if you were given the password mm-hmm. independently, which has a one-time use, you can only use it one time. Right. It'll go and it'll show you the the real deal. The photo. Right. At that time, you can still take a screenshot. So, I like the concept of what we're talking about. It doesn't solve that same problem, right? Well, it just makes it a little bit harder. Sure. So if you if you exactly you know if you're thinking about somebody who wants to who's out for revenge, right? Okay, obviously it's a lot easier to just screenshot a Snapchat and then send it from your phone to everybody. But if you know, in order to see it, you have to jump through additional hoops. Right. Right. Maybe maybe there's on the other end of it is. You have to confirm your. You're using this password. Okay. Mm-hmm. You must confirm your identity. You must. So we know how this photo was. Yeah, you got to jump. Out. You got to jump through some hoops, and in order to make that happen. You definitely see the value in that. Yeah, because it makes it really easy for the uploader. It just makes it really difficult for the downloader. So, but as I've experienced, everybody that I've ever talked to about it. Now I'm not one to send. Uh, I don't have that much pride. 
uh, in, right. in what I'd be sending out. So, <laughs> so anybody uh, can see it. I don't care. Right. No, no, no. I mean, I, I don't have that much. Probably, like, I, I, I wouldn't do it right. just for. I, I'm just like that. This isn't that miraculous. I'm not going to send anything because I'm not that proud. Right. Um. So, the, but but the people who are, the people who want people want to see stuff, really badly. They're going to mm-hmm. go through. Go, go through the, the necessary, yeah, oh, yeah, to do it. And, of course, if you just want to put it out there for everybody to see, that's your own deal. Okay, so that was that. Okay. Uh, I called that censored. And and you you think it's a good idea? I think do. it's possible? I, I do think there's a place for it in this digital world. Mm. Good, good, good. Okay. Let's see. What else do we got? I mean, I have tons of these things. One of them I called Easy Peasy, which I love. It's a It's an idea for a... A whole new marketing hook. Okay, so you've heard that that Nike uh, and Adidas and a couple of these other companies are getting into 3D printed custom, like you know, really the, the engineering that they're putting behind sneakers. So, meaning they're they're coming out with uh, like templates the, where you can print a shoe. Meaning that they're 3D printing the best shoe designs. Okay. And then they're taking that 3D print, making a mold out of it. And then mass manufacturing those shoes. I see. So now everything, when, you, when you're looking at apps that are doing really successful, so I order from you know, whatever, Taylor, TaylorMade or whatever they call that thing, where I, I get custom tailored shirts based off oh, of right. me, you know, it takes my a... My style, whatever, yeah, like my it, it takes You take a photo with your phone, it kind of sizes you up in the mirror and says, okay. So I call this easy peasy and, you know, Maybe I can, maybe I can't, but either way, I, I feel like it's a great tagline. So this is just a tagline. Custom 3D printed sneakers made for the brothers. Okay. Because I can't think of anybody who loves sneakers, you know, more than the black community. Sure. Those guys love, I mean, not to say that I don't have a lot of white friends who have closets full of sneakers because they're kind of trying to adopt the whole hip-hop culture. And, yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I love sneakers. I don't wear them. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sandals man. Yeah, me and JC. But uh, most people who do, who are into sneakers, they they have like, I mean, it was all, it was all started, you know, with the with the guys and in, in, in hip hop and whatever. It was it was like you have the clean sneakers. That's like a calling card. You know what I mean? Like the, if your sneakers are clean and good looking, like you're a you're a bad dude. So right. And that that now it's sneakers are what everybody wears yeah you know it's a big deal and i think it might have you seen the prices of air jordans lately they're through the roof yeah and i think it's going to get even bigger and more with not just the black community which i do think it's predominantly that well they started the revolution so right but i went home to visit you know my family and my sister my nephew my sister's son i think he's just about to start high school so i guess i'd make him around 13 um he has just started a shoe collection and he is obsessed when they went down because he's into tennis and stuff like that so when they went down to do some tournaments he stopped at like a, a real i think it was michael jordan's brother's store and like found a pair of shoes and he keeps them in special shoe boxes and he's just like and he's michael jordan's sister's brother's right. cousin's former roommate what does that make us absolutely nothing which is what i'm about to make of you <laughs> uh yeah so Okay. All right. Three well, printed shoes. Think of it like an app. So we have the ability to three D print with these materials now. We can three D print mm-hmm. you know, rubber, we can three D print foam, we can we can do what we want. So imagine being able to custom design your own three D printed sneaker and brand it and Yeah. Yeah, wow. It's your it's mm. your sneaker brand. Mm-hmm. And you can sell them at a premium because it's going to cost a, cost a pretty penny to print them. However, you think about material costs; it may cost 120 bucks to custom 3D print a sneaker. Right. Right. If it's good enough, you'll have it mass manufactured if it's successful enough. But if it's one-offs, there's that exclusivity with sneakers being the only guy who has this limited edition right. pair, etc. Right. So if you, you know, if you're will i am or you're one of these big you're an nba star and you just want to get off the you don't have a you're not repped by a shoe company or whatever and you're like okay i want to do my own jam because i'm also a creative i would say that that's the james franco of the bunch you know he's gonna get artsy with it yeah 
Yeah, he could sell those sneakers for 500 a pop at a major markup. Absolutely. And I bet they would go for even more otherwise. So, yeah, I love the idea of doing that. And I think you could you could you could dive into a lot of other things. Yeah. In terms of how you would custom customize clothing, accessories, right. and so forth, but I, I thought that was really really cool. Um this one is weird. I was probably pretty baked or you know, yeah, out of my mind when I wrote this, but it, uh, and f- forgive me if the syntax is wrong. <laughs> it's all about empathy, okay, and artificial intelligence. Which is kind of the big problem with artificial intelligence. You can't expect a robot to learn empathy. It'll never be able to empathize with you because it doesn't know how to feel anything. Right. Which is one of the big things about being human. That's why I say psychopaths have no empathy. You know, guys who are serial killers, etc. They just can't empathize. They can't... You know, the same thing with machines. It's just calculated and cold. So... If you could create an algorithm, my idea was, what if you learned, like a, I'm thinking about a machine, I guess, but what if you learned empathy only through certain songs or movies, and now social media? Next, artificial personality. AI conquers us from within to terminate us. Right. <laughs> it is when we give up on each other enough to truly seek a fake tailored version of relation that agrees with us in a, in an attitude that the machine takes over there will not even be a fight we will love our creation even as it turns us into lifetime happy dependent children it needs like us machines will never create and only evolve on what works over time but it will never wonder code can process forever and never feel the harmony of organic sense. And then I wrote, dumb, but protested and controlled. We survive only through our children. Man can't love in space. Machine can. Want to go to Mars and live forever? You can't, they can. And I guess that was kind of my depressing outlook on the idea that we're just going to keep pushing ourselves and pushing our boundaries on creating things that, that make our lives more fulfilled in the absence of other people. Right. More people are, people are probably more upset if they lose their phone now than if they lose a friend in some respects. Right. I mean, they're going to react differently, but, but yeah, I could see that. Well, not in like losing a friend, like a Facebook friend, but like actually losing a friend. <laughs> yeah, like you know, hey, I, I don't, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Right. You know, we're not cool. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. You know, or but I need my phone. Well, there it is. If your friend breaks, well, think about this. What if your friend accidentally spills a drink on your phone? I bet you that's a deal breaker for a lot of people. Like, I don't think I can be friends with that sloppy mess of a person anymore. Yeah. <laughs> They're breaking the thing that I that runs my world. Right. How am I going to insta jam? <laughs> right. So if you think about where where we are and how we might be able to teach empathy to a machine, right? it would be to expose it to all of these things that are out there. Well, I mean, just, just our feeds alone on Facebook, everybody responds, oh, I'm sorry that this happened to you. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, you know what I mean? Like all of the responses to somebody else's post of emotion, I guess, would be one way. Well, for it to probably get feedback on exactly how it would likely respond, need to respond. Mm-hmm. They had a great, there was a documentary I saw recently, and I love watching stuff on, on the progression of these technologies, but one of them was, um, it was about an, an app, uh, and I can't remember what it was called. I'm sure those out in the sphere will Google it, but th- the idea behind the app was it, w- it was an experiment in social behaviors, and it was nothing more than a chat bot. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you would message it. So you it, you'd start off, and you'd you'd start, you know, hey, how you doing? And it would come back with its you know bottled responses, but it would be reading all. Of the, it, it would be logging and reading all of the things that you were sending it, how you would respond. So with every answer that you gave it, or every question that you asked it, it would learn 
your in, kind of your inflection, how you asked the question, kind of how you responded, and then so all you of a sudden through a speaker. With this oh microphone. no, it's like text message, okay. like like a chat, like you're chatting online or text messaging a friend, and all of a sudden within like the first couple of days, the more you use it, you know, at first it's like, how was your day? And you're like, OMG, my day was great. I did this, I did that. And then all of a sudden you see like a day or two later, it starts going, you know, you say, hey, how are you? And it goes, OMG, I'm doing great. They found with the people who are using this app that they became so, it it was a mirror of themselves. Wow. It, It was like they were having communications that's pretty cool. with themselves creepy and cool <laughs> because it it was repeating and, and talking to them this in the same way that they talk with other people so it was it was responding in a way that was so familiar to them that it it created this attachment and they began the, the subjects the people who went through the, the beta test of this this application were just going you know they're on it all the time and they found it comforting they felt like it was they were talking to a real person and uh, in a lot of ways, it passed the Turing test. You know, like it, you couldn't tell. They showed some samples. You couldn't tell that it was a it was a machine on the other end of the line. It actually felt like a human being after months and months of use. Right. Even though it was still just canned responses that had been taught and learned from the person who was communicating with it. Right. But doesn't that kind of lend to the idea that we're all pretty surface in our communication? Yeah. I mean, yeah. would you get in depth? With anything with an AI, yeah. Well, do you think you could have a really deep philosophical conversation, you know, uh, yeah, void of fa- know. void of absolute fact, but sticking true to the concept that um, to the answers that we don't know? So, for instance, if if the universe is eternal and everything is cyclical, is is it possible that we're the tiny, 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 and there's another universe of ma- major, huge people, and we're just our universe is nothing more than an atom and right. some giants? Yeah, if if you were to ask that question to a machine, uh, I don't think it would have any idea how to answer you. Or you'd ask it basic questions about like feelings or emotions, like you know, how did you feel when your application buddy? Got deleted. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go when you die? You know, these these kind of things. Machine can't answer, but I imagine they're getting pretty close to replicating that stuff. Yeah. And that's when I think we're going to hit hit a real shit show. What do you mean? Well, do you need people anymore? Right, okay. That, that's why... Exactly. It's going to get... That human touch. The distance is going to be further and further. Be like, I've got what I need right here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everybody... Any friend I've had, some people might say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's always there for you. It it can keep your secrets. You don't have to feed it like a dog. Well, you got to feed it (laughs) information. information. Well, that's... That's time. It doesn't cost anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to get sad. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to call it dystopian, but I mean... It's giving away way too much power mm-hmm. to something that, you know, for the most part, can't feel or empathize. It with you. can't empathize. It has. It may seem like it is, but it it will never know. Yeah. How you're really feeling is just going to tell you what you want to hear, and isn't that what we really need? Just what we want to hear. I just keep <laughs> going back to the same thing. Like everybody gets a trophy. What's that all about? It's the same general deal. If you're if. All you're doing is talking to something that tells you exactly what you want to hear all the time. Where's the growth? Are you are you are you human anymore? Well, that's a good. Are point. you really feeling? Are you really feeling what the world is all about, or are you just in a your own fog, going through the motions with yeah. just consuming and pooping? Right, because <laughs> you're not getting any real world feedback. Consuming, right? pooping, and talking to a yeah. robot. That's your existence. Yeah. Eating Hot Pockets. <laughs> right. Ma! <laughs> you wouldn't let me take a dump at Best Buy? <laughs> it's not the same thing, but it's... I don't know why it popped into my head when you brought the AI stuff up. But, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time as far as online marketing or whatever they used to use it for. It's like the little people would pop up on the screen and like... Oh, the, ch- the chatty, yeah. Right, and they'd walk across can the screen. can I help you like, with? hey, what's going on? And, like, it's an actual person, like, kind of. They had a great version of that. I don't know if they still did it, but it was called, like, uh, 
desk mates or something. Yeah. And it was like you'd be you you know, you'd pay for the the software, and then you could down download the 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 girls or the guys or whatever. Yeah, and literally basically. while you're sitting there writing your report, like randomly some hot stripper will just show up and start yeah and she's sitting there over you know your clock and the date and and she's three inches tall and she just starts taking her clothes off while you're (laughs) while you're trying to write your uh write your reports and stuff oh my goodness and uh i would think that that would be a little bit of a distraction yeah i would think so because it you'd all that you just freudian slip your way through the whole report and right. be like uh due to monday's report that we just recently got the numbers didn't seem so boob with vagina shit okay well all right well that's a good one i'll, yeah. I'll see what else i can it's dig AI. up yeah, good. but there's a lot of lot of fun stuff we can talk about i'm on a boat motherfucker take a look at me Straight floating on a boat on the deep blue sea. Busted by night, wind whipping out my coat. You can't stop me, motherfucker, cause I'm on a boat. Alright, it's time for yet another Ryan's Corner. Alright, alright, alright. I can hear the excitement in the waves. The uh, waves, that is. The waves of excitement. That... Of excitement. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts. You've got them. <laughs> Bye. Or lease a car. Ooh, jeez. Um, I've always been one who buys, and I like the idea of building equity and having a car paid off. That is, most people don't drive a car that long. I guess the the leasers, they just like to have the newest, the greatest, and latest, and they're always going to plan on having a car payment, and so they just trade their car in every two years. All and, right, but you you have to factor in. When you say, um, you know, build equity, okay, mm-hmm. that's you're, the wrong word. That's the, I, I mean, <laughs> so yes, you're, I mean, you're buying equity in what, what most would classify as a depreciating asset. So as they say, you know, your car, when you buy a brand new car and you drive it off a lot, it, you, you're driving, the minute you cross the line, it's, you know, worth 30% less than what you paid for. Right. Um, and the price is not going to go up unless you're buying some sort of hypercar, you know, some limited edition or, Collector's or item. yeah, unless it's you, you know, it's a 1967 Stingray right. vet, you know, I will so. never buy a car. I'm, I always start looking at cars that are already a year old with one owner. That's when I start to buy. I yeah, never. So there's a sweet, I guess if you're talking about buying pre-owned mm-hmm. certified pre-owned cars, there you go, then you have a better chance it's going to be a depreciating asset, but at the same time, you're looking at the fact that you might get more mileage where, so, so let's just say you, you pick up a, a Honda Camry, or, or sorry, that's a Toyota Camry, Honda Accord, okay. and it's got... Quite reliable. Yeah, it's got 30,000 miles on it, and you know it's, it's a late model, you know, it's only a couple, two, three years old. You've probably got a window of about three to five years on that car where you're going to see it depreciate a lot less than it typically would right out of the gate. Right. Or towards the end of the life cycle once it's, you know, past the 60 to 80,000 mile mark and it's only got a, a little bit before it hits 100,000 miles. Right. Okay. And mm. you think, what do you think the life of a Honda Accord is as far as miles go? Well, then there you go. Mm. If you pick up a Honda Accord with 150,000 miles on it, it's been well maintained. Mm-hmm. You may spend you know, 2,800 to 3,500 on it, and then be able to turn around and sell it at 250,000 miles for a grand less. Right. You know, uh, so long as it's well maintained, those things keep their value pretty good. I would say, if you're looking at What's the better, lease or buy? That's the ultimate question you're well, asking. Well, per- personal preference. You either lease a car, you it's buy not, a car. Though. It's not, It's math when oh, you think fair. about it. Okay. Well, so the reason that lease, leasing a car is such, uh, so much more appealing in a lot of ways is because, number one, you get to re-up. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a brand new, you get the new version every time you re-up. The amount of money that is going out the door you're basically spending that money on the depreciation, you know, plus interest, what they would consider a, a right. little bit more. So you're getting 
essentially a brand new car that you don't have to worry about the hassle of selling it or going in. So, for instance, if you buy that brand new Honda Accord, mm-hmm. and let's say you spend $30,000 on it. It's a t- brand new 2015. Okay. Okay. And then 30,000 miles later, you're bringing it in. They're maybe only going to give you 16000 for it. Yeah, if that. Okay. So you got 30,000 miles on it. Maybe it's worth between sixteen and 18000 You've driven almost half of the value off of that car. So you're getting a trade in towards something new. However, if you lease that car for three years, okay, you got a 30,000 or 20,000 mile, let's call it a 30,000 mile lease. Okay. And it's, it's what let's, let's call it $250 a month. Okay. Right. For plus you got 2,500 that you got to put down on it. So that's 2,500 immediately you got to put down. Right. All right. So 250 times 10, that's, uh, 2,500 a year. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you if that's a if it's a easy math and we're saying it's two hundred dollars a month to lease a Honda Accord. Uh, what are we looking at here? That's twenty four hundred dollars a year. Twenty four hundred dollars a year times three. You're looking at seventy five hundred dollars total plus the twenty five hundred. So that's that's ten thousand dollars that it costs you to lease that car to drive for three years. And then you just you know you wipe your hands of it at the end of three years and lease something else that's brand new. You don't have to go through the hassle of, mm. of selling it. So you actually saved how much money? $4,000 potentially. Right. Cause remember you have the depreciation. Is it, can you hear that? I love, I love since we don't have like an official studio, you can hear all of the traffic driving by right. <laughs> in the office. Such a classy rig. We've got going on. I mean, we're pretty high up, but yeah, you like, can still guy pops in and says, Hey, uh, you guys mind if I, uh, you know, borrow a pen? <laughs> <laughs> oh hi! Yeah. Um, we need to get an on-air sign. <laughs> exactly. Yes, a little red light. Yeah. Says we're currently busy. Right now, we'll just use a sock. But yeah, I mean, if, if you do the math, if you get a really good deal on the lease, and a lot, of, a lot of times you can find these kind of year-end deals, mm-hmm. same way that they're trying to, they call it moving metal. Right. Right. If they're if they're trying to get rid of these cars, so 2019s are coming out, right? So you can get a great deal on a two, brand new 2018 lease on a much better car now than you could same way you could buy it probably a little bit cheaper but i think ultimately if you're if you're if you're looking to save money and drive kind of upgrade your driving experience and if and you've got the income to be able to support it cuz a lot of people do look at it like hey it's my car you know if i if i total this thing and i bring it in uh, on my lease, I'm going to get dinged for it really badly. Right. So no, it also kind of depends on the driver. And that's where I could talk about the personal preference or opinion because it's all kind of how you feel with your car, right? Like if you own your car, like for me, it's just the idea of leasing and kind of driving around walking on eggshells just because I don't feel like it's my car. I think it's just a different mentality, but that's how I feel when it comes to leasing. Well, okay, so you lease an apartment, but you buy your car. Right, well, because I can't afford it. <laughs> if you were to reverse that, it'd be more economical because your house is more likely to, or real estate's more likely to appreciate, as opposed to your car, which is more likely to depreciate. Right. So it really comes down to knowing the difference between an asset versus a liability, and it's pretty simple so i'll just give you a roster of things that a lot of people it's misconceptions right right. so is your house an asset or a liability i would think it would be an asset it is an asset if you're buying it if you're if you own your house it's an asset it's just a money sucker if you're renting (laughs) if well if you're renting yeah you're you're paying your rent to live there and it's you know someone else's someone else's that's why it's it's known as passive income uh, to the person who owns it. All right, that's an asset. That's a car an asset. would be not a an asset. Car would be a liability because it's just never because you're happen. constantly going to dump money into it, mm-hmm. and it's never going to be worth what you put into it. Okay, your boat, asset or liability? Liability. Liability. Okay, art. Asset. Art could be classified as an asset, yeah. especially if it's good art. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's your your niece. You know, paints a photo of herself on a napkin. That's not art. <laughs> that's not. Uh, that's not going to do it. It's not going to work. Um, you know. So you know, what what are some other things that people invest large sums of money into? Now, people also consider stocks to be an asset, right? Okay. Because stocks sure. typically go up. They can. They can go down, but in 
<laughs> we're seeing now. There they do is a risk. They do depreciate, <laughs> yeah. But um, if you look at uh, your computer, asset or liability? Liability. Liability. What's on your computer could be classified could be, as yeah. an asset, the data, but the computer itself is mm. not going to perform. Your phone, asset or liability. Liability. Okay. Spending $1,000 on, on a new iPhone, right? Yeah. That's not an asset. That's not something like if you get into a pinch, you're like, ooh. Right. Yeah. And nowadays, it's really big. People, a lot of things are just sharing. It's like some phone companies, like when it, you get a new iPhone, you pay monthly for it. And some companies, you're kind of, I found, you're just leasing that phone. Uh, I don't remember which one that somebody was with. They're like, yeah, I don't think it's ever going to be paid off. It's just my fee. Well, that's why they're offering all these new, like, next plans and, and right. whatever with the uh, with the com communications companies. All right, so, like, a Rolex, asset or liability? No, is that an asset? That would be classified as an asset because right. in a pinch, you could probably get some cash. Although, every time I watch a TV show or movie, somebody comes in when they're in, like, dire straits and, like, okay, man. I got this watch, and, and you know, this watch is so hot it's smoking. You know, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll give you fifty bucks. Oh, it tells time in seven time zones. And right, fifty bucks. You know, and it's take just, it or leave it. Exactly. But if you go through the proper channels, if you're not in that like, you know, down in the dumps, garbage guy, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I got to get rid of it real quick. You know, you could probably take it into if it's in good condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could take it in and have it, you know, on consignment and yeah. Somebody could, somebody would pick it up and give you a, a fair price for it, uh, especially if it's one of those like, you know, limited edition right. deals. You know, jewelry falls under that same, that same uh, thing. Yeah, that's why women love love their jewels because they're like, oh well, if anything happens, at least I've got my jewelry. Right. I can take my jewelry <laughs> with me. All right. Now here's a here's a really funny one. All right. Sneakers. Well, that's it's crazy to bring that one up because I never realized. How much of a collector's item shoes have become? Well, I have a pair of, of you remember that scene in Step Brothers? Like, yeah, open up the sword. Randy Jackson from American Idol signed this. <laughs> like, So I was wearing, I was younger, you know, I have like these, uh, I was a kid, I was 10 or 12, and I was wearing like a size 8.5 back, way back then. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of my buddies, um, he, his dad played for the Hawks at the time. So we all went and uh, we got to meet Michael Jordan and do all this stuff. And I and I took my shoes off and had Michael Jordan sign both of my shoes. Wow. And I walked out barefoot. And then I had him sign my samurai sword. Well, there's an asset. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, and I had those. And so nobody knew. And those are the ones, the custom ones with the red and the black, and it has a little twenty three on oh, them. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know how many dudes are out there with a size eight and a half, you know, that would want to wear this. But I mean, I, the thing is, sneakers. Autographs, sports memorabilia, baseball cards, yeah. they all kind of fall into that same thing. Sneakers, I don't really get, though, because a lot of them aren't autographed. Some of them are just like, yeah. oh, this is this is a remake. This is the remix of that same Jordan that yeah. came out. Yeah. So it's not... Ex- my nephew's 13. I went home to visit, and my sister's like, hey, hey, Evan, did you did you, did you show, show, show your uncle uh, your shoe collection? And I was like, shoe collection? At 13? And sure enough, and he had a walk-in closet. He he didn't have his room anymore. Yeah, right. He lived in the closet. closet He just had a walk-in room. Literally clear plastic bins. He had about maybe two or three because obviously he's young and he just started. But it's a big deal for him. Amateur, (laughs) right? So, so there's a big deal. This shoe collector. But it's an, it's an, it it could be classified as long as there's a market. That's the whole Mm -hmm. thing when you're talking about assets versus liabilities. Uh, Books. Another one, first editions. Mm. That's a big one. Rare books, um, coins, coin collecting. There was an article that just came out on uh, what they call the uh, the watermelon. Uh, okay. It's a thousand dollar bill. Yeah. Like one of the one of the only ones. It's got some you know general from the Union Army on it. I mean, and, and it was like a 1876 or something, and it just sold for 4.1 million dollars. Wow. The thousand dollar bill, and there's only like six of them in existence. <laughs> Like and, until we can't use the bill to pay for anything anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I mean, go imagine going and taking that thing and being like, all right, I'd like to bet on the seven horse right. in the eighth race. <laughs> Guy's sitting there going, oh, this is legal tender, or yeah. is this fake what holding it up? This? Like, this, my black light's not working on <laughs> This is very old. <laughs> so back to your point, though, would you say then it, it makes more sense to lease a car because it's more of... of uh, 
I think if you've got a steady job and good credit, um, save money that way. It makes more sense to lease a car. Mm -hmm. But if you are prone to you falling on hard times, I mean, if you kind of look at your track record over three year periods, and you're like, well, if I was unemployed three times in the last three years. Uh, and, and, or I have trouble making rent. If you're ever one of those guys who has trouble making your monthly payments and making, then find a affordable pre-owned car. That's going to go the distance that you, you can, you know, paying that thing off. Isn't, is, it's not going to drag you down. Right. You can drive, you can drive, uh, a Kia, a used Kia Forte and just keep re-upping every mm-hmm. three years to the next, to the next model and, and spend $4,000 over you know, however, right. however many years and y- your maintenance costs are going to be lower. You're going to own your car outright. So you don't see the car payment is what kills a lot of people who are struggling. Right. That's why leases don't make sense. But if you, if you're in the, in the other group, if you're like a dink, as they call it, you know, dual right. income, no kids. Right. And you have, you have a steady gig, you know, you've been there for three, four, five years, you're, you're constantly moving through the raise, the raise cycle. Um, there's attrition there. You can keep moving up and you, you got your benefits paid and everybody's taken care of. And you just kind of, you're in the race, but you're, you're running in the pack and you don't have to worry about getting canned or right. That's the kind of cat who the leases be just perfect for, because then it's a no fuss, no muss situation. And they can drive a better car instead of that Honda. Right. They, they can get a Lexus or they can get an Acura. They can get a, you know, they can get a better model than they typically would buying because the math works out to the same as that they would be making a car payment on. Right. Uh, only difference is they don't own it. They have to turn it. But they're going to grab a brand new one after right. three years. So what's the difference? I mean, the flip side for me, like, I just, I just always enjoyed the goal of paying off my car and driving it without having a payment. Um, so if you get a good enough car and you keep the mileage low and you pay it off and you're saving however much a month for however long you're driving that car. So you could end up saving a lot more than if, if you at least because you never go without a payment. Yeah, that is true. But, but you're may not as much na- maintenance, right? I you're guess. also not factoring in the, the fact that every payment that you're making on the car, you're basically paying off money that interest. It, well, no, you're, you're, you're paying off depreciation. Right. So for that month that, you know, it's $400 in a car payment that you've got to make for that month. Imagine your car just dropped in value, you right. know, $480, you know, you paid 450 and the value of your car dropped 480. So you're, you're basically paying off something that's losing its value every month that you drive it. Right, I see that. Right. Okay. So a lot of people don't think about that. They're like, Oh, I'm one, I'm that much closer to ownership. But what they fail to realize is once they've paid off the car, it's not at worth. the full value, you know, I bought, I have to, I'm paying off $40,000 worth of car, but by the time I'm done paying that off, the car's not going to be worth as much as I spent on it. Right. That's where the, the problem comes in. Okay. And with the lease, you don't have to worry about that. You're basically driving, you're driving the value of the car. Right. Right. You're, you're getting all your mind, you're getting all your mileage. I know a few lease people and it's a, the topic comes up to me because of my situation, but. A lot of them, I'm like, yeah, you know, my car's in great shape, and I'm, I love it, and the tech's awesome, and and it will be paid off in a month, you know. If you're going to keep it forever, like yeah. if you're going to drive it until the wheels Talk come off, guy that yeah, who, who's car. got a 1997, <laughs> I still you, hold on to it for sentimental value. Boy, did you own that car. <laughs> oh, dude, I drove, the, I'm driving the wheels off of it, yeah. you know, and it's not that I can't. You know, it's not that I can't afford to go out and get another car. And my next car, all, all honesty, if it's, it's not a golf cart, <laughs> it probably it will be a golf cart most likely. But um, yeah, just because it makes more sense. Uh, but if, it, if the next car I do get, it will, will likely be a lease because I I don't think I'll ever have an attachment like until know. I turn until you know once I win that mega millions mm-hmm. and I can start collecting cars once and wiping them down with a diaper like off. they do in uh ferris bueller's day off for of that ferrari buy a car outright and be like yeah i, don't care about I mean i'll you know i'll be in the bear i'll be bear i'll have that barrett jackson money right. <laughs> i'll be i'll be down there at the auction throwing my paddle up in the air looking yeah. At, yeah these leasers that i know they've been you know they're they, they're jealous they're like oh yeah that does sound nice maybe i'll maybe i'll buy next time but I, you make a really good point well how attached do you get to your car 
And if 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 you're looking for like something that you're gonna, so my sister bought a, you know, brand new, fully loaded Honda Odyssey, kid wagon. I mean, and it's it's got the Wi-Fi in it and mm-hmm. the wireless charging and the screens and it's got everything. And right. you, I'm almost I'm like I'm jealous. Right. I'm jealous of your minivan. Like, that's right. Like, that's how bad. That's how awesome this minivan is. But at the same time, I'm like, well, why would you buy? That, you knowing how she treats her cars, right? Her cars on the inside, it looks like a bomb goes off. You know, they're sti- everything sticky after a while. Right. So unless she's getting it detailed, and she, you know, she just had another baby, so I get why she upgraded so she could carry all the kids and do the mom stuff. Um, maybe much like my mom. My mom had a had a station wagon and drove it until the steering was so bad you had to turn the wheel almost a full like 300 degrees before, before it actually, actually turned turn. one one or the other so it was like death on the highway right. i get you know if you're gonna hold on to that thing forever and you just don't you, you know when you're done with it you're like i'll donate it mm-hmm. i don't give a shit it's like it's gonna it gave me it gave me everything it had right i love it <laughs> but the, i'm leaving it I'm, I'm gonna leave it you know, I'm gonna just let it go. Yeah. Send it out into the water and let it on fire. That's the kind of thing. That's what you got to have in mind if you're probably gonna buy a car. You right. got to be like, that. You got to name her. You know, like you would a boat. The 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 SS Child Mover. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's it. That's the game. If you're but if you if you're not gonna get attached to your car, if it's not gonna have any you know, real like sentimental value to you, mm-hmm. then. It makes probably makes a little bit more sense just to get something that is great to drive from A to B. You know you can put the miles on it up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's why, I mean, in, in my group, in my family, I probably for the rest of my life will we'll be, we'll own one car and we'll lease another. That makes sense. That makes sense for sure. Because that way, um, you know, I can always re-up on the, you know, and always get the latest and greatest. Right, and then one day when the when my kids are a little bit older, I can go out and and own the car that I'm not going to put any miles on whatsoever and switch over to the lease that's like the daily driver. There you go. I like that plan. I'm. I think these things out. I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I don't take these topics you bring up lightly. I'm, I go I home. I, I put my big boy pants on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I've enjoyed. All, I've enjoyed being a car owner instead of a leaser but i could see that changing yeah well i think it'll make more sense down the road and then when you're really balling hard you got the company car right you know that right. for us that's way way down the line <laughs> i'd love to have a company boat right or a company jet or, or a company getaway but i just that i can't think of a bigger waste of money and we don't drive that far, right? I mean, you—I would get you a company car before I would ever consider doing something for me because I just don't—I don't have that. Well, you need a golf car, basically. I need a golf car. Yeah, you drive. I would get a bus pass for me. <laughs> well, you can lease one of those. Yeah, lease a bus pass. Lease my Blockbuster video card. All right. Nice. Good stuff. Picture drink. I'm on a boat, bitch. We drinking Santana Champ because it's so crisp. I got my swim trucks. And I'm flipping floppies. I'm flipping burgers. You at Kinko straight flipping cabbage. I'm riding on a dolphin. Doing flips and shit. The dolphin's splashing. Getting everybody away. But this ain't Sea World. This is real as it gets. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Don't you ever forget. I'm on a boat, and it's going fast, and I got an article theme. Patch me to Afghan. I'm the king of the world on a boat like Leo. If you own the show, then you show now. Honey, what? Honey, cone. All right, you ready? Here we go. Let's go. Going. We're going. We're going. This is happening. There ain't no reason why we should stop. All right, so back in, I guess this might be the new format that we're using. (laughs) Uh, Just throwing out random thoughts and ideas, talking about them, seeing if there's any legs. Right. Seeing if that might work. So I got another one uh, right here. That uh, I wrote this on, ooh, three sixteen two thousand seventeen. So that was relatively uh, not too not too far. Year and a half, about yeah, not too far ago. Uh, and I call it Lipredity. Lipredity. Yeah. All right. So one of the things that kind of started coming about, mm-hmm. I saw it. Uh, it was a, it was a, a little bit of a YouTube thing in 2016 and then it kind of moved into something 
a little bit bigger. They did it on the late night shows and what what have you. And it was a uh, lip syncs, lip sync battles. Oh yeah. Oh, Those yeah. were a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still are. You still have people doing like carpool karaoke and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is this is the idea that I had. All right, so we already have lip sync battles. Why not sell the experience, right? Because you think about a lot of people who go to shows mm-hmm. now. How many times have they have somebody paid you know full ticket price? They take their kids, they go and they see Ashley Simpson, and then, <laughs> bam, yeah, just lip sync show that's how it yeah. goes. and britney spears did the same thing I, I, I my sister dragged me to some free concert she was doing in washington and it was it couldn't have been more obvious that she was up up there lip syncing i mean she could have been doing rap god by eminem <laughs> and lip syncing and people would have been like yeah britney woo rap the shit out of that you know right. so it was a, uh, it was hilarious but so the idea was Okay, well, wait a second. Are people do people really care? I mean, they do. They well, yeah. They do care, but do they care enough to where they're not going to pay to go see the pageantry of it all, the 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 fireworks and the pyrotechnics and the costume changes and the, I mean, I, I saw one of the greatest YouTube videos in a long time. It was Mariah Carey. It's like, and the title was Mariah Carey's worst performance to date, and you see this aging pop diva, and you know how. She, Oftentimes, the uh, these pop star girls that they get into these full choreography deals where they're getting picked up by their dancers right. and twirled around all stuff. This was a Mariah Carey who could barely—I mean, I don't know how many layers of spank she was wearing—but she kept trying to get like pretend like she was getting lifted up, but she had no flexibility whatsoever. Oh, so, no. so it was like she had to lift her own leg and kind of put it in the guy's hand and just kind of be like, "See, look, I did it." <laughs> See, look, see, he's picking me. Okay, now let's move into position three. Look, see, it's uh, happening. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm so flexible and dexterous. I look good, right? <laughs> you know, it was like the Special Olympics of pop dancing. It's awkward. It was so bad. So yeah, if if you if you dial it back to what what people go. So I say, why not sell the experience? A live show, and intrigue of mystery. All right, so live bands. Uh, of really unassuming actors. So imagine you go and you hire this band for your wedding or your your kid's bar mitzvah or, or what have you. Okay. And you get these guys who show up who look like rockers. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they get up there and they are essentially lip syncing to YouTube karaoke singers over a MIDI track. So they're all pretending to play and they're all pretending to sing, but you think about all the, all the guys on YouTube that are doing their own cover tracks. Right. Right. So you, you take those YouTube tracks of those guys singing those covers and you remix it to like a, a hot MIDI deal and then you can put just fake actors up and pretend like they're, they're a live band that, that's killing it. <laughs> uh, and each one of the actors gets the ability to be like, you know, hey, you switch from drums. Get up here as the front man. I'll take over. Right. Like it's like he's gonna really go back and play drums. Right. And everybody gets to do one to five songs, uh, but only one, uh, only invite one friend to film or witness, and then it's a lip sync reality battle. So now you have somebody go and and film it, and they put it up on YouTube on whatever the site that is that we create, where it's like you're doing a real live lip sync battle, trying to fool a real crowd. Right. At a real gig, <laughs> can you pull it off? Yeah. And it's kind of a winner-take-all as to who's the best lip-syncer. Right, who do they believe? It's all perform- It's going. all performance-based. Yeah. And since you don't have to worry about actually singing... You just have to perform. You just have to dance around. But they don't know that you're lip-syncing. They're not supposed to. Know. No, but if you get called on it, obviously fail yeah <laughs> you lose points it sounds like a a show you're talking about an actual, yeah well like, it could be like a youtube web web okay. show, you know like a sure yeah but like everybody prank videos that people put out or whatever like right so if you if you have it at that you know to where you have a competition and it's like you know what, what is the pen and teller show fool us can you make me believe that you're doing real magic and yeah. i can't tell how the trick is done can we do that show with lip syncing, <laughs> but like in a reality-based setting? I think that'd be hilarious. I think it would be hilarious, especially if you get some people who just so are so unassuming, and then they get up and they just rock so hard, and you're like, "What? Where'd this guy come from?" Right? You know? Oh, like, yeah, he's a top runner for the winning. Okay, so uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. 
Uh, I like it. I like that one. I didn't really. The first one what, exactly. What was that? What, was... what the the whole concept was about lip syncing. Oh, you had another concept. I thought you threw out first though. Uh, well, the idea was that we all have lip syncing, so why not sell the experience of somebody lip syncing? Like sell the show as I opposed like to. I, that's a thumbs up for that show. Okay, so that we're that's that's going to air. I just got Ryan's green light, so that's hap- that's happening. I'll start casting today. Okay, here's another good one. Uh, I love this idea, and I thought about this because uh, after having kids and and never getting out of the house, now I'm 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 like, man, when I go out, I want to eat. I want to eat fine. I want right. that fine dining experience. I want to eat fine. But I, you know, I used to go out and eat eat out more regularly. I imagine. Anybody in long-term relationship that now has more responsibilities at home, they, they just don't get out as much. Right. So here's the idea. I call it Eat, it, Eat Fine, and it's a like a, an application on your phone. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it allows you to have a, a monthly subscription where you're paying a guaranteed $25.99 a month or, or $39.99 a month, and that's just – or it could be 10 bucks a month. I don't know. It depends on your plan. And then you get participating restaurant chains – and now, since you're paying the subscription, there's a lot of months where you do, just don't get out. Right. You're still paying the fee. So now, since you have this monthly deal, you earn credits, more credits. So if you don't eat that, eat out that month, right? Now, all of a sudden, for every $10 that you spend on the monthly fee, you get 15 to $20 worth of credit towards wherever you're going to dine. Nice. So you get okay. those bonuses and you build them up. And then all of a sudden... If you haven't gone out to eat in three months, now all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, I've got pretty much a free hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars to go out and eat at a really nice place," which is that hundred and fifty that I spent actually is going to be redeemed at the restaurant for three hundred and fifty dollars, what have you. That's a great idea. So it's it's kind of like Uber or Uber credits in the sense that Mm -hmm. you know the more you ride, the more you can earn, or the or the more the more the subscription that you pay you. If you don't use it, it kind of rolls over and builds up, and you know. But if you pay the ten dollars, it just gives you a discount once a month wherever you eat. Right. Right. And if you so, go out once a month. Yeah, you eat. spend ten bucks. You spend ten bucks a month on this thing. You can go to a nice restaurant and get fifteen percent off your meal. Right. Something like that. Yeah, I think that is. There's definitely a space for an app like that for sure. Well, do you think enough people go out? Because I mean, you might get the McDonald's crowd who just abuses. What? <laughs> Well, I would imagine you're talking about fine dining, so I'm thinking you're, it's your target restaurants, right? Yeah, well, mid to high tier. I mean, I don't think right. I'm talking about like uh, the Palm or Mastro's. But you're not going to partner or... up and have McDonald's be one of the places on the app. Ah, there's also you got to think about the lower tier yeah. crowd too, okay. though. You could have that as well if you I pay. Guess the... It's all part of the package, right? You're I mean, like, well, if you took if you took the Netflix model or the Amazon Prime model and applied it to fast food, mm-hmm. how how huge do you think that could be huge yeah i mean the amount of money that people spend on on mcdonald's per month if you could get some kind of discount because you're a prime member it would keep people coming back to mcdonald's and their overhead i mean how much they spend per cheeseburger is like pennies if they're giving it away for 99 cents right so i mean you could see a you could see a huge Boom. Yeah, I guess it could be, you know, whatever package you pick, it could be different tiers of, of restaurants from fast food to low end to medium end to medium to high end, maybe. I guess it all depends on the participation of the restaurants. Yeah, definitely. But a model that I think is a thumbs up. Perfect. Okay. <clears throat> I've got one that was kind of a funny joke. Uh, one more that I thought was kind of a funny... Well, just before we move on, was that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Yeah. That was a thumbs up? That was a thumbs up. So we could do that. Okay. Uh, the, the last one is, is kind of a joke. It, okay. It's something that you and I, you know, whenever you and I talk about making commercials or, or advertisements or something like that, uh, this is just kind of a sick, sick prank to pull on somebody. Okay. Uh, so uh, recently uh, we went and visited one of the, you know... We went and stayed at a family family house where you know the family all comes at intermittent times uh, and stays, and everybody's kind of got their little room. I was walking by one of the rooms, and and uh, I think my my wife was going through and looking for stuffed animals and stuff. It was her sister's room, mm-hmm. and I walked by, and there's like this stockpile of wine up on the shelf. Like, okay. oh, 
okay, that's obviously wine that they don't want anybody right. touching or seeing. And, and th- if they knew that we knew, there's like, don't drink, you know, that that don't drink my wine. It's kind of like putting a, a label on your food and putting it in the refrigerator. Right. Like, nobody touched this. This is mine. Right. You know, that whole thing. So I thought to myself, okay, well, what would be the sickest prank that you could do to somebody like that who just, who, who, I, I, I equate it to like a sandwich in the, ref, in the refrigerator for the guy who's always like, don't touch my sandwich. Right. Don't, who, who ate my sandwich? Who ate my sandwich? So. Didn't you see the note? Yeah, I exactly. I left a note. I know you read the note. Exactly. So, so Matt, let's put it into that context where you yeah. have a, a you know, roommate or a guy who's just constantly like, that's my sandwich. Mm-hmm. Nobody eat my sandwich. I labeled it. If you touch it, I'll kill you, that kind of thing. All right, so the idea is that you take a photo of the sandwich. Well, you take, pull a photo out, take a photo of the sandwich, and throw it into Photoshop, right? And it's, it's obviously the sandwich you can't touch. And then you start doing, you, you take like a, you build a photo collage of stuff that's just so ridiculous. So for the first thing you would do is like, uh, you Photoshop yourself riding on a roller coaster with the sandwich. Yeah. And it's it's like sitting shotgun, and you've got your hands up, and you're like smiling at the sandwich. And, and then like the second one is like you're at a party, and you're having a cocktail, and you're looking over at the sandwich, and it's it's got like a beer and a smoke, and you're just laughing and having a great time with the sandwich. And then, you know, the next one is like you're in the hot tub, and you're like hanging out with the sandwich. Right. Uh, and then the next one is like you're, you're essentially making love to the sandwich, or, you know, it's a shot of you like in a, in a satin bed in a hotel, like... You got your leg out, you're having a smoke, and the sandwich is just sitting there, like, shamefully, like, oh, that was cool. Would the note still be on the sandwich? Don't touch this. sandwich. Yes, exactly. Or be somewhere in the room, like, <laughs> if you guys are making love, and it's, like, on the lampshade, don't touch the sandwich. Oh, it still have to be on the sandwich. Right. Okay. That would be great. Just don't touch the sandwich. And then you then you cut to, like, a shot of the sandwich, you know, is, is in the hospital with, like, its little sandwich legs in the stirrups, and it's giving birth to your sandwich baby. And you're lo- loving the sandwich. And then there's a shot of, like... You know, you you uh, sitting by the bedside of the sandwich as it's like you know fighting through some horrible illness, and you're like <laughs> holding its hand, and you've got like the, pri- the the priest there, and then you ha- is starting to show up. A then little you, bit. oh yeah, and then, and then you have like an, you cut to another shot where like you have this horrible situation where you know you're you're fighting and like there's a, a plate being thrown, you know, where you show the whole like you're going through a divorce with the sandwich. And then, then it's just uh, the last shot is like you and the sandwich in a rocking chair on a porch with, you know, a bunch of little sandwiches running around in front of you. And it's still got the sticker on it that says, don't touch my sandwich. And then take all these and put them into one of those, uh, <laughs> one, of, one of those like story things that you can on Instagram right. and forward it to your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty hilarious. <laughs> if you have the time and energy, you able to I mean, this is one of those epic... Like just screw like, your friend. Like, like have this fun. person deserves. Have this. yeah, have fun with your friend. Like oh oh, don't touch my sandwich. Oh, your can, sandwich touched me. I can only ma- imagine in laws of you just hating my guts. Just, like, just what did you do? Over. What did you do with my wine? I had a family with it. Well, I saw it through its darkest dark darkest times. I sent you all of our we our life. <laughs> told you what we did with the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't drink it. Nope, <laughs> nope. You told me not to drink it, you know. So I just took it out, and we got so we hit it off. I lived a life. I we really hit it off. I, I lived a I lived a fulfilling <laughs> life with so your you know with wine your wine. Didn't go to waste. It, it was. I'll never have another lover. Yeah. I'll never. I'll never love quite like I did like, with that bottle of wine. That, that must you have had. been some expensive wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with this wine. Oh my gosh. Can I get? Can you do? Then the next one is, did, where'd you get it? Can, can I? Where can I pick up a bottle? <laughs> I had to, it. It was so enjoyable. Yeah. I wish you. Could you get me some of that for Christmas? Right. <laughs> I feel like I would have a much better time with it long term, knowing that I didn't have to give it back. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've grown as a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably learned more during that relationship about myself than any other relationship. I've and been. when it ended. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was lost. I'm just depressed. Yeah, the guy. I, I just need another. I bottle. didn't have anything to cry into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll end on that. But I think that that if we could do that, I mean, I don't, I don't even 
I wouldn't even close to considering that a waste of time. You know, it just has to be the right person and for the right, you know. Do you think there? Who wouldn't find that hilarious? You know, I think anybody would. I mean, they'd probably just be like, "You are so weird." Yeah. <laughs> why? Why did you? Why did you have to have sex with that wine bottle? Why did you want a roller coaster with it? Who hot tubs with with a sandwich? Exactly. Yeah, you know, like that's what you say. Exactly. Yeah. Who doesn't? Right. <laughs> Everybody hot tubs. Sandwich. Get the fuck up! This boat is real. Fuck land! I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Fuck trees! I climb.